Mosley on Bad Radio. I just want to know what it sounded like when Jerry stood up as as they. It probably didn't sound on. like anything because you can't hear someone standing up on the radio. No, until no, I Dan, what, until Dan pointed it. Yeah, up. I wonder what Dan oh, yeah. said. What is, what is that, Dan? What'd you say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave here. Uh, we're having fun here, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. Fun here, no? Very nice, And again, one of the, uh, the, the, the all-time uh, leading receiver. Oh, I mean, Bob. Uh, it, 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 How long it, is that question, in, Bob? In yardage. Uh, my, my question to you. <laughs> can, I, can, can I say something here? Yes, sir, Dan. Uh, you say and something again, here. I, uh, uh, Bob, yeah, I mean, so, uh, 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 somebody, uh, somebody, uh, <laughs> and, uh, who and again, uh, <laughs> well, you still answer the same question, I, Bob? Uh, well, I just, I really want to know, but, uh, what I'm getting at <laughs> right. is, uh, and then we, have- we are so Ninja Turtles right now. We kind of are. We are kind of are. Yeah, definitely. I'm Michelangelo. Yeah, you definitely are Michelangelo. Yeah. Party dude. Yes. I'm Raphael. Oh, cool nailed. but rude. Yep. Yeah. Definitely rude. That's a character flaw, but I'll take it, you know. How's it look? Well, how'd you do that? Yeah. Oh, I just chewed it with my uh, vampire teeth. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, let's see. So we got our nice mic over there. We got Rude Raph. Yeah, so Rude I Raph. guess uh, I'm Leonardo the Katana dude. No. Definitely no, not. You're not Leonardo. Don't compliment yourself so much. Nice try, though. You're definitely Donatello. Oh, he's oh, so Donatello. You're so Donatello. What? Donatello is like a nerd and like he he's like a party pooper. Yeah. That's basically... That's exactly, that's 100% that's who you Anders are. Tello, that's, that's you. Uh, yeah, Anders Tello. Very good. Plus, you don't even have a mask, so how can you be an Ninja Turtle? Well, you didn't steal me a mask! You could have stole yourself a mask, man! Whoa, enter Donatello okay. the bummer, dude. Oh, Just take your little computer it. out and play with it, Donatello. Maybe Real I will. Facts. Full bagel bite in here. Oh. Ugh. They're Just hard to digest, evidently. I'm not saying everyone in the community kept an iPhone BMW I'm the president. Guy. I'm the president what's, of the community. What's the community phone? What's that Samsung called? The no, is that the note? What is it? <laughs> no, what is it? What did uh, I just say? Why did that crack you up? Android? I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's whatever LeBron's uh, throwing. Is out it there. the Galaxy? Android? Yeah, I think it's the Galaxy. I think that's what it is. Why did the note yeah, crack I wish you? Wish we up? knew. Because you said you started the word with N and you stopped. No. Saying the word note is not saying the N and stopping. You did say N and stop. So. <sighs> I think LeBron said hello, he was going to be E-Brake. in the dunk contest in 2010. Wasn't that when it was Man, here? Yeah, he did. He did say that. My safe word will be whiskey. Sorry, Rod. What was that? Whiskey. Do you mean whiskey? What? You're saying it weird. Saying what weird? All of it. Where do you get off? I just don't get why you're saying it that way. Why I'm saying what what way? Forget it. I will. I will forget it. How about the other time we were doing a road show in Fort Worth, and I walked out of the place, and a dude drives by, pitches me what appears to be a little baggie of pot, and says, gives us to Dan, and he speeds away. <laughs> Whoa. I never even got that. Dude. <laughs> well, I'm not going to traffic his pot to you. <laughs> you didn't mule it? Just like, did you, <laughs> right. you, you got to walk in your, funny? Shove it up your shelf. Dan, I have something for you. Yeah. for you, but we have to go to yeah. the bathroom. And then walk the two feet to where Dan is sitting. <laughs> and you're, the whole time you're sweating like the guy in Midnight Express because you're so afraid you're going to cut. I had duct tape to my stomach. <laughs> Longhorns. L O N G H O 
R N S. Longhorns. Where the black people at? Right about now, Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket presents the Bob and Dan Weekly Wrap Up Podcast. This week, Cowboys lose to the Jets, the Red River Rivalry, and the Crowline. Also, Jake Z, hashtag he's on my note, Julie Dabbs, RIP TK Fleming, and RIP Donnie Dew, and now two guys whose power level is over 5,000. It's Bob Sturm and Dan McDowell. Shut it down! Let's go, Go grown! So huge! Fuck out of here! I'm out of control here, Bill! Great man, I love football so much. I want the ultimate, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Is this it? Is this it? Get up! No idea what to do right now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Greetings and salutations, P1s, and welcome again to another episode of the Bad Radio Weekly Wrap Up Podcast covering the week of October 18th. On this week's podcast, the Cowboys lose to the Jets. Bad Radio talks about the Cowboys' offensive failures. We have some Tony Romo audio, some Texas versus OU talk, and the Crow Line. We start things off with Cowboys losing to the Jets. Well, this isn't the right song. They're playing the Jets. Everything is wrong. This is the first one in the W and L, if you're going down the schedule, that you would have said you got totally, totally wrong. Some people might have picked uh, New Orleans and Green Bay to be tougher tasks. No, but this is is definitely makes me think of... uh, what Hanson used to say. Uh, Dale, before he was curing the, the world's various social issue problems, uh, was, was a football commentator on a very high level, and he would always say that uh, the reason he doesn't gamble, which I find uh, suspicious at best, but the reason he doesn't gamble on football is that uh, he doesn't believe you could pass the simple challenge of Find three games on the schedule that you're sure are a win and three games on the schedule that you're sure are a loss. And uh, if you can if you can go six for six, which you can't, uh, then you should feel f- comfortable gambling. I'm, I'm sure I'm messing up his challenge, but uh, that's the way I remember it. And, and I always think of games like this that I'm positive of the outcome of this game uh, simply because we've seen the Jets play football enough times by the way, with Sam Darnold. Uh, so this idea that Sam Darnold's presence is uh, essentially channeling Joe Montana to the uh, Jets offense. I like the kid. Like him a lot. And I don't think people realize how young he still is. I think he just turned 22. He's a very talented player. And yes, from the 2018 draft, he's the quarterback I wanted more than anybody. More than Baker, more than Rosen, more than Lamar Jackson. I wanted Sam Darnold number one, and 
I still feel that way, but clearly my confidence had been rocked because Baker appeared to have figured out football last year. The point is, that had to be a win against the Jets. But more importantly, based on what you did the last two weeks, it was time to circle the wagons, make a stand, and get your season going in the right direction again. And that's what really smarts is. You're down 21 to 3 to that outfit. That's that's to me it was more than it almost didn't have to be a win. You know what I mean? Like if some fluky stuff happened, you know, that happens in football, right? Any given Sunday, oh my gosh, special teams touchdowns or whatever, you know, like those things happen a lot and you go, "Oh, we just got bit." But it was down twenty-one to three. You're 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 getting destroyed for the third week in a row. Like, laughed out of the building. That final score is not as indicative of the way you got treated by the Jets. Yeah, and obviously, we're all so just. It's like you're too tired to fight type thing about just Garrett being on the sideline. Right? Not today. I'm not. Just, just so, but it's just like you've. I've how got many the, times I've have got you done the energy this? today? How many times have we done this? Um, so, my most upset with Garrett moment wasn't the end of the game, but I'll bet you that's right up there on your list as well. That they are banging timeouts. What was like? Describe to me any logical purpose for that at all? Uh, fight. He was wearing a fight sweatshirt underneath his hoodie. Like what? You've got 50 seconds or whatever. You've got, you know what I mean? Like you've got two timeouts left. Should have had have three, do- though. You should have had three. That's the crazy part. Call That's the timeouts the one. if you want. Whenever you give him the ball back with down two, you could have easily just had three timeouts. That's the one is you have to have the foresight there at the 47-second mark to say, you know what, I have three timeouts somehow. Maybe I should maintain these three timeouts since it's first and goal. Because we're down eight. And understand that, uh, you know, onside kicks never work anymore. And therefore, I might need all three timeouts. And maybe, just maybe, I can get 20 seconds uh, left when they have to punt it back to me if they try to take three knees. Now, that assumes a lot, including the fact that your defense could get a stop at some point yesterday when it actually needed one, which did not happen. But, man, I don't need the coach hurting me. I don't. Well, okay, but I want to back up then. Okay. So there's the fact that he's banging timeouts was embarrassing. To me, it's it's like they have two two things they do at the end of games. Either they're winning enough that they can do the fun, the cool little cowboy bit, right, where the linemen stand up and then set, and it's a nod to the uh, Cowboys of old. It's okay. pretty cool. Or they're banging timeouts when the other team is in their victory formation, but illogical timeouts because it's not like you're you can get the ball back. Like that's to me, it's you've just wasted. I don't even know what you're doing. I don't know the purpose of calling another timeout. There's zero purpose. But he still does it. Okay, that's bad. The fact that they didn't have three timeouts, correctly pointed out, that's bad. But uh, I thought it was the announcers didn't even really go into it. The the not reviewing the the Witten touchdown I thought was the worst thing I saw all day. Only well, my, because 
That's a touchdown, Bob. It's not like an important first down. I agree. Not an important. That's a touchdown that were impossible to come by. Now, do you agree there's no chance they're going to change that call? I do not agree with that. Well, they haven't changed a single call, even the most obvious ones. Uh, I, I think, though, if they have changed anything, it's been something like that. Where if we don't see... I don't think, and I certainly don't think the attitude should be, well, they weren't no, going to change No, 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 anyway. you're, you're probably right, especially it's, it's on a, third and goal. It's points on the board when yeah. you can't get points on the board. You are unable to do so. No, you're right. I, challenge, I, whatever. I, I lost my fight uh, on pass you're interference challenges. You're banging timeouts, but you're not throwing that challenge? Okay. Explain to me how that makes sense. No, that works for me, too. No, you're right. Should have challenged that one. Uh, it's not going to get overturned, I don't think, just because the league has shown us that overturns don't happen. But if you go back to like week two, I think it was Delvin Cook at Lambeau. I'm pretty sure uh, a touchdown got disallowed on a offensive pass interference that actually nobody seemed to see live. In fact, I don't even think the Packers challenged it, Jake. I want to say the league uh, reviewed that touchdown and saw that. Man, week two. It's just like Yeah, uh, I do think you're right. It's yeah. just like the roughing the passer stuff from week two last year. All you gotta do is like get to week week six and you look back at week two and say, What were they what were they trying to accomplish back then and how did they get so far from there by now that we can't even remember back that far as as to what the league must have been thinking back then. Uh you're right though. That offensive pass interference was A, a bogus call, and B, needs to be challenged, so at least it's on the record that you want the league to explain to you how that's a, that's a call, so we can go there. But the other thing that my takeaway from this game, and I hate to be sports talk radio cliche guy because I think that if you were to generate what sports radio cliche guy might say today, it would probably be that they weren't ready to play. And that they were outcoached. But doggone, man. If you go to New Orleans and Sean Payton looks like he's outcoached you, okay. To have Matt LaFleur come into your barn and to kind of look like he had a strategic advantage on both sides of the ball for most of the day last week, unacceptable. First-year coach. Guy who's never done it before. Looks yeah. like he's but got, he got you on both sides of the ball. Too, in the prime of his career. So. Okay. Here's that, right? Adam freaking Gase. And Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold. Coming off all that time on the DL. Or and wh- basically you your defensive plan yesterday was we're going to take Le'Veon Bell away. Okay. You did. How'd that work? And then your offensive plan was we are going to really, really, really pound Zeke at just uh, the uh, the maddening of uh, when they went for it on fourth down and did not get it, you realize they had four plays inside the 20. How many of those tricky pass plays do you think they called in that sequence? If your answer is zero, you're correct. Because uh, we're going to pound the rock. We spent a lot on this running back, and by golly, even without half our offensive line, we're going to pound that rock right in the teeth of Quentin Williams and see how that works. And very, very frustrating that they tried that fourth down run knowing they didn't have the numbers. And here's how you know. In pre-snap, you look over to your left because the Jets don't know the play you're calling, but hopefully you're well aware of it. 
And I do have to put some of this on Prescott, but I'm also going to say my head coach was the coordinator for like a decade, and my coordinator is the coordinator now, and any one of them can bang a timeout there because it's the first half, Dan, and it's a fourth down, and it's a really, really, really key play. And they look at the numbers, and they see they're outnumbered in the pre-snap. So either Zeke is going to block two guys, or Dak is going to make a guy miss all by himself, and guess what happened? He was tackled by three guys, and the Jets and, take the ball, and they're going to play action pass they're on the next They're going to shade the play. side of Zeke anyway, right? So you're going to run behind Zeke? Well, I mean, obviously that's a changeup. What they normally do is they start him on the left and they uh, run to the right. So the the changeup is okay. Now he's going to lead block for Dak going to the left, and and the Jets are going to be really surprised unless you look over there and they're sitting on it. All right, let's pick it up there next. Uh, the, our pets' heads are falling off on the ticket. You know it's hard out here for and now, Bad Radio presents 60 Seconds with Computer, the non-rapping Cowboy Levin member of 3-6 Mafia. Well, I guess it's Lincoln Riley or Troy Aikman or Chris, uh, yes, Richards. Richard, I was going to say his name. Because if that idiot would have kicked that damn field goal in that first half, we could have won that game with the touchdown. He's such a stupid son of a bitch. And then that other motherfucker missed the field though. He need to cut him and get rid of Gary ASAP. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Can y'all believe we went to New York and lost to the kids? I know we lost our two tackles. I know we didn't have no receivers. I know we lost our two corners. But we never should have been in that predicament for being this whole damn way with this idiot coach in the first place. So, hey, it is what it is. At least we think you get find out it gives new coach. It's kind of like... Getting the corn on the side of your foot, as Fred Sanford would say, when you, when you cut the corn down, it's kind of sore at first. Then it hurts, it's tender, then it's back better again. Your foot be back better again. So, hey, <laughs> it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I learned a lot this weekend. A lot of stuff happened to your boy. I'm not going to get into that. But the devil tried to take your boy out, but it ain't, it ain't, it ain't happening. They really hurt my feelings this weekend. I, I might tell y'all the story one day, and it wasn't the Cowboys done. It was something else there. I thought it was there, but they stabbed me in the back. But, hey, it's all good. Your boy going to keep on smiling. Your boy going to keep on rolling because they can't stop me, baby. I still love y'all. I ain't mad. I'm saying I ain't crying. The Cowboys, we just suck, baby. Ain't nothing we can do about it. We got just a coach in there. Maybe we can get something to fix because ain't none of them defensive ends playing. Ain't none of them damn defensive tackles is playing. Ain't none of them damn linebackers is playing. Ain't none of them is hurt. I don't know what their damn problem is. They got that money and quit. DeMarcus Lawrence ought to be shaming his himself. That's what he gets for having such a bad damn attitude. All of them got a bad attitude. I tried to talk to them in camp. They're acting all funny. They don't want to talk. When they were getting them a little bit of contract, they're like, hey, what's up? What's going on? Then they get that damn money. They're acting the ass. Now they're paying for it. Now, they like, now y'all look like y'all to earn y'all money. Now y'all got that money. But y'all ain't going to get all that because Jerry's going to get rid of y'all. He ain't going to put up this shit. He's not, he not going out like no Paul. Wrap it up. You can believe that, baby. He'll do you like he did Quincy Carter, plastic dope on you. It's going to be over with. We'll holler at y'all. Peace. It's like listening to a round peg being shoved into a square hole, or in this case, a corner. Stand in Gordo's Corner on the Musers tomorrow morning at 9.15 on Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 FM, The Ticket. Is that over a minute? We've got... Jerry Let's cut that back a little planting bit. dope on Quincy Carter. Someone trying to take computer out over the weekend, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, we can't get into that now. <laughs> Jeez. So I love him. So tell me this. Go ahead. I think we need to have the energy 
Because if you if you can't articulate that this is why the Jason Garrett era is long past its expiration date, if you can't do that today, when can you do it? Are you just going to stop? Are you going to try to cover the team without covering the biggest part of the team and just say, there are some things about him I really, really like. But if you're going into these games against Adam freaking Gase and Matt freaking LaFleur, and you feel like you got the second best coach on the field and the second best uh, coaching staff on the field, then what are you doing as the richest franchise in all of sports with no salary cap and no reason to um, the, handicap the your team no on cap. this? Yeah. There's just there's just no reason to find this acceptable again and again. And like I said, yeah, I, try to be, I try to be measured and I try to be fair and look at all the angles. But are you telling me in 2019 you went on the road against a bad team and your game plan was establish the run and stop the run, Jake? That was the plan yesterday? You're down 21-6 to six and you're trying to establish the run? With two tackles out. With two tackles out. That's the plan. They were going to get three possessions in the second half because they were just running their own clock right down. <laughs> and they didn't think that was weird. And then how many times, help me here, Dan, first of all, before the game, name a single Jets wide receiver. They, I can't name one now. Okay, well, the Jets do have wide receivers, and they are known sort of, but let's not get carried away here. This is not this is not the greatest show on turf. And you're telling me that in every single quarter of that game, you're going to go single high to stop Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold is going to pick you apart for 25-yard passes over and over and over again. And, of course, the kill shot is 92. It's a great call, by the way. Great call. Shock play right after Gutty the change call, of sudden change, play action, and luckily... 10 of the Cowboys' 11 defenders are within five yards of the line of scrimmage. So it's Jeff Heath or pray that Robbie Anderson trips because Cheeto had no plan. Boy. Is that where he fell down or he just got bit? He bit the The double move. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I guess play action does work. I guess uh, everyone does eat the cheese because there's no way Sam Darnold and Adam Gase are going to go for a kill shot on the first play after they stop you on fourth down, or will they? Or are they playing desperate, and the Cowboys were not? Like, do you think the Cowboys went into this game not wanting to pull out all the stops? Because they wouldn't need that, right? They got to save something for Philly. I guess, yeah, I, I guess. I guess it's the naive. Like, certainly they were going to go in there and beat up the Jets. Look how easily the Browns did it. I know when they lose a Look game how. like this, you want to be mad at everybody, and so you take on uh, you know anyone. Well, I like, kind of am. Well, I am too, but I'm simply saying, like, like people are even mad at us for like, saying this Gallup? would be an easy game. It's one thing for us to look at the Jets and the Cowboys and say this should be a game that uh, you you very easily go in there and win with your B game, but for this team to fall behind thirty-one to three last week. And to get their brains beat in in the first half by a Jets team that was just waiting for you to put them to sleep. It just suggests to me that you're past the expiration date. 
It's just, it's just, how? How is that possible in year 10 of this thing that you're still having well, your re- pants pulled down <laughs> in a game like this by that coaching staff? By Adam Gase, dude. The reason you shrug is because you go above Jerry or above Garrett to Jerry. Because you think the only reason Garrett's even still there is because of the Garrett or the Jerry comfort level. It's the same reason. He's a member of the family. It's the, the same uh, reason nothing changes, right? It's the same you hear, reason your your kicker is still missing five foot putts over and over again. Do did you, know, you tell me this when you took that tour of Cowboy Stadium that that sometimes Garrett's wife gives those tours? I didn't tell or you like, that. Like she's involved. Is that true? I think she's involved in like the Cowboys behind the scenes stuff. You know what I mean? Like, of course she is. They'd be firing a. That's like firing Charlotte or something. Yeah. And you're not going to do that. You're not going to fire Steven. Well, if they do fire him, I really hope that he gets hired by another team right away so I can experience what it must be like to go into a game where the other team's head coach is Jason Garrett <laughs> and just know, huh, he's going to hand us a couple here. I think they should have gone for two whenever they were down, uh, whenever they made it 16-21. I know that's kind of controversial, but he d- even whenever they tried to do something halfway creative on the fourth down, they ran a give-up peewee football quarterback keeper yeah they did not in any way look ready for greg williams to throw them that cover zero blitz on the two-point conversion and now no. the game's over so no, and how we were can, all excited how can you not know that by the way he blitzed you 20 times yesterday how are you you everybody knew that how do you go empty and that's have all they Jamal adams run down main street and that that like whoa wait 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 a minute what's going on here it's almost like they're treating this like it's an important play. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Greg Williams wasn't hiding what he was doing. You know what? He never, never is. Never it's, has. It's a shame that he's been made into a cartoon character because when he has a guy like Jamal Adams, who might be the best safety in football right now, I'm, I, you know, to, to just to watch that masterpiece yesterday, that's only possible because of Dallas's own Jamal Adams just being a beast yesterday and so many scenarios. And when you have that weapon, as opposed to what the Cowboys ran out at safety continuously, it's such a game changer. And then you have Greg Williams, who his biggest problem, you know, aside from Bounty Gate, his biggest problem is a lot of times he does things that just aren't sound. You know, he's running cover zero with Jabril Peppers or with the, the, the Cleveland secondary last year, the year before. What he does, though, is he makes everything uncomfortable for you. And and the Cowboys, a little bad luck, Dan, with uh, with Amari uh, going out on play three. That is, that is an unfortunate break, especially with Randall Cobb scratched. So he knew that, and he goes for your Achilles in a brilliant way, but also a really predictable way because it wasn't a mystery to anybody, right? We all knew what he was going to do. And so the Cowboys knew that all week. Like I said, they didn't know they weren't going to have Amari, and they probably hoped they were going to have Randall Cobb. But, again, this just goes back to your game plan, what you spend all week on, the different uh, scenarios you try to have played out as a coaching staff and as a team. And, uh, you know, yes, I agree uh, with the ticket promos I've been hearing where Donovan says at some point the players got to make plays. Yeah, totally right. Michael Gallup should probably make some catches. Uh, you know, you have to be more prepared to make them pay for blitzes and so forth. 
But just overall, the the game plan was so basic on both teams, and one team just one team was going to stop Le'Veon Bell with their defense and expose their secondary, and that's all the Jets needed to take this huge lead. And now you're running from behind the whole way. Very very frustrating. Bad Radio Talks, the Cowboys' offensive failures. So what are we doing in Cowboys today today? Well, there's a couple things we can do. Uh, First of all, we can marvel at uh, the confirmation of yesterday's stat that uh, I went in with a little statistical research help, and that is uh, drives that start in the opponent's territory. Uh, We heard the stat that uh, the rest of the league averages six in six weeks. So think about that. One drive per game, they're starting on the plus side of the field. Opponent territory. This is uh, where points are basically given to you. So like you would think usually a turnover or something, right? Almost always a turnover. Some people are saying this demonstrates the Cowboys' special teams are, are, are problematic. And while true, there are probably, if I were to guess, way more turnovers in every game than... Than a than a plus fifty return, yeah, or yeah. or you know even a plus thirty return. There, big returns are pretty rare, especially since kick returns don't really exist anymore that much. So I'm going to say this is mostly takeaways. So this is also going to be a function. Starting field position is often going to be, does your defense ever give you the ball in a short field? For example, the Panthers now have the best line of scrimmage starting point, and they have the second most interceptions per drive. Okay. So it's almost directly correlated. I think it is. Um, so so anyway, the Cowboys this year, through six weeks, have started zero drives on the plus side of the field. The top four teams in and the league. They're the only team that has none, right? They're the only team that has zero. Um, the fifth best team is the Eagles with nine. The Lions and Steelers have ten each. The Patriots have started 12 drives in enemy territory. That's two a game. And the San Francisco 49ers, 13. And you might be saying, well, Bob, that's interesting. Which two teams are the two undefeated teams in the NFL right now? They would be the top two. The top two. In this category. I bet you there's a relation. So Defense giving you the ball with a short field is... Very beneficial, you're saying. I'm going to go out on this crazy limb and say that no matter how much uh, the sport changes, we still can believe that turnovers tell us much of what happens in these NFL games. Now, I did the defensive report today at The Athletic, the Richard report, and for the second or third straight week, I left feeling like uh, we had a lot of empty calories on the defense. Just a... I, I, I don't wish to deal in superlatives too far, but it does seem reasonable to say that the Cowboys might have the most disappointing defense in the league this year. Just in terms of preseason expectation level to actual performance, who is undershot that expectation by the most. And even though nobody talks about it because it's not nearly as fun as talking about Jason Garrett's future or Dak Prescott's future or did they pay Zeke too much or Amari Cooper or Tyron Smith. I mean, everything you talk about with this organization is offense. Meanwhile, uh, the defense has received a ton of draft picks and a ton of money, and that's only going to continue. 
as uh, more and more defenders get paid. And the idea is they were home-growing a very, very powerful defense that can win you games. We saw it last year. They beat the Saints by themselves, Dan. There was a stretch where this team went on a run, but the offense only looked a little better. It looked like the defense was doing much of the heavy lifting. And so coming into this year with that really, really young and talented defense, the hot boys, Dan, this young uh, young front and then a young secondary that was all kind of the 2017 draft. Man, it's good times. Good times ahead. This is going to be great. Well, the problem is, during this losing streak, and we certainly don't blame the Saints game on the defense, but as far as the Packers rolling in here and with a very limited number of offensive options, taking the Cowboys to task on several consecutive drives for touchdowns. And then to see the Jets. Do you know they needed seven passes to get to 243 yards the other day on seven passes or 239, something like that, which uh, which averages out to uh, an absurd 30-some yards per uh, reception, uh, partly because... Uh, you gave up 92 on one. That will run the average up. But there were many, many, many explosives. Seven 17-yard completions or more. And I wanted to look and see what it was all about. I kind of had my um, hunch. But looking back at it uh, today with the all-22s and so forth, the thing that is most disconcerting about this is it repeatedly was in running situations. Like, basically, the Cowboys fell for the banana in the tailpipe. Well, that's what you, we talk about all the time, deception, right? You're, yes. Which is why you like play action on first down. Oh, yeah. Because that's a running situation. So if you hand it off eight out of ten times when they're geared up to stop the run. No, you, but you're looking but at it from you, offense. If you're looking at it from defense, though, you don't feel like... Yeah, but they were doing it to you. What you're saying no, the no, Cowboys no, no. should have done to them, Dan, right? You have to be willing to fall for it. Like, you have to say, we need to stop the run at all costs here because uh, I guess that's how football's always been played, and that sounds really important. So challenge Sam Darnold to beat you. Why? I'm I'm, I'm not saying that's a good plan, but is that what they were doing with Dak? Like, let's say Le'Veon Bell. And then Dak didn't. Let's say Le'Veon Bell has a big run. How long is it, Dan? What? uh, Oh, like six yards or something? Like he. Let's say he doubles that. What if he gets 12? Does that beat you? How many times does Le'Veon Bell have to run for 12 yards on a play before you're like, man, this is killing us? I'll tell you, it's probably way more than how many 92-yard catches be- it beat you. Yeah, because uh, you only need Zeke one had of those. a few 12-yard runs. Yeah. And so the, the, the real concern here is not only did the Jets continuously pass into running looks, meaning Darnold under center, Bell back there, uh, boy, we're going to run here, guys. You better watch the run. If you don't watch the run, we're going to run it right now. And, boy, you don't want to lose the battle of the line of scrimmage. The Cowboys are like, oh, okay, let's get a safety up there. Let's uh, more li- three linebackers at the time. Sean Lee, get out there. Real- and, and the Cowboys are super worried about the run. And Darnold goes play action over and over and over again. Sometimes didn't even bother with the play action fake. Let's just pass on first down. Let's pass on second down. None of Darnold's big passes were on third and long. You know why? Because it's really, really hard to pass when the defense is expecting it. 
So the Cowboys did just what the Jets expected them to do. Exactly. The Jets didn't do what the Cowboys expected them to do. You know what that sounds like? Getting, getting out coached. Sounds like they got whipped in the coaching room again. So do you think that the Green Bay drubbing and the thought that the defense isn't what it was last year led to that game plan too? Now we're going on the road. Um we got to be ultra conservative. We have to keep the ball. We have to win time of possession, which they did, right? Yeah. yeah. They won time of possession. They have to stop the run. They ran the ball a lot. They stopped the run. Like, so well, that they, they, they did everything they wanted to in their game plan, like and you, they lost. Jake, you thought you were insane enough already that the Cowboys believe establishing the run is their biggest priority. Now I can tell you that their defense feels like stopping the run is their biggest priority. That's awesome. They're like, why, why don't you guys just want to do what we're doing? See how awesome this is working over here? <laughs> Come on. This whole organization <laughs> is living in 1992. I well, swear they are. I mean, I I brought that up, and I'm not, you know, crapping on LVE because he's had a couple bad games and was, was awesome last year. But my contention when they drafted him was, do you guys think everyone thinks what you think? Because I would be taking a safety, or I would be looking at another corner. Correct. Or, another, like, drafting a run-and-hit linebacker in the first round, albeit it wasn't at four, is kind of like drafting a running back high in the first round. That's right. And so I thought, we just kind of already have one of these guys, and now we have another. And I don't know Juan Thornhill made a boneheaded play the other day where he took an interception instead of a pick for the Chiefs, but that dude can play. Of course. And he was there. Yes, he was. And and it, and that was uh, that was this year, right? That was this year so that they took what? Um, a defensive tackle. They took defensive, yeah, they took Tristan a, Hill instead run, of Juan Thornhill. Another That's right. run stopper uh, well, who doesn't uh, play. One who, who can't get on the field. Um, the other thing, and I, I, I'll try to make this short, but but I heard a good conversation uh, with uh, with uh, the guys from PFF were talking about this on, the, on their podcast recently, and that is the troubles in Atlanta. And the troubles in Atlanta, how do you think they relate to Dallas, Dan? Can you think of a good reason why the Atlanta defense should concern you about the Dallas defense? Hmm. It's uh, the Seattle cover three cover bands around the league. That are getting figured out? The premise like is that Seattle was great for two reasons. One, they had awesome personnel, and two, nobody else was doing it. Well, the more team, and this is like the opposite of the discussion we had yesterday, right? About teams figuring out what you can do with offense and finding defenses to stop it. Well, the same's true on the other way. This is why football is forever interesting to me: is that you have all these brilliant minds going at each other, and it, it, it never it never stops. It's just this continuing evolution, and I love it. But the feeling was okay. Seattle's running the league right now. They're bringing these great passing offenses to their knees. How do you beat the cover three? And teams have gone to work, and now there are standard cover three beaters. Everybody, you know, runs the same one, the dagger concept over here and the overload over here, and just a number of different concepts that you see. The over route is a huge cover three beater that uh, basically makes your middle linebacker turn and run with a slot receiver, or your safety is put in a, your single high safety is put in this conflict where he can't go two directions at the same time. And so now that the whole league knows your basic cover three beaters, by the way, so does everybody who plays Madden. Uh, you see that cover three is not what it once was. And teams can af- attack Atlanta. They can attack Seattle. They can attack Dallas. They can attack uh, who else runs the cover three. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There's a couple more teams that do it all the time. But the point is, if you're going to run the same coverages in every down and distance, and Bob can figure out you're in uh, cover three about 80% of the time on first and second down in the middle of the field, you can bet their opponents can figure that out. And the Jets were running cover three beaters all day, 
and we're absolutely slicing and dicing the Cowboys. Bad radio plays some Tony Romo audio. Uh, audio. It's a Tony Romo game, so you know we're going to have some audio. Although, it's just a different Tony Romo. I think Nance is wearing him down. You I think do Nance this. Is bad. You do this. And I'm going to play you some audio to prove that in a minute. First of all, you blame Nance. <clears throat> First of all, well, you blame Boog. No, I blame Boog for Boog sucking at his job. I don't blame Nance for Romo being bad. Oh, I don't. Uh, I'm blaming Nance for Nance being bad. I don't think Nance is great. Uh, I think he's overrated. So, but back to Tony Romo. I think there's a player on the team that I don't think he can pronounce his name. And I didn't know if this stood out to you. Thrown in the area of Anderson, and they do get the flag. The flag comes out. Well, I think you're going to see they're going to come out and attack 24 Ruzi. Pass interference. Defense from 24. Okay, called him a woozy, and I was thinking, well, but the ref kind of cut him off there, so maybe that, you know, until later in the game. Robbie Anderson has been open all year. It's just been hard to get him the ball. Here he is, the double move on 24 Awuze, and watch <laughs> Sam Darnold slide up. If you combine them both, I think you get it right. Does this confirm Mino's suspicion that he doesn't know any of the players on the roster that weren't there when he was on the team? <laughs> a woozy I, and, or a woozy? I don't know that. 58, 58. I don't know that there's whatever. been a consensus agreement on how to say. I say it a woozy. I've assumed it's that, but I hear enough broadcasters trying it enough different ways that. Yeah, but he tried it two different ways. I know, I know. So he's I know. just seeing which one sticks? Beats me. Um, this is Chittle Bay. I was yeah, and I never listened to the Bob and Dan show. I was yeah, okay, yeah. I think you do it better than Romo, so we're right again. (laughs) Uh, hang another banner. (laughs) Did you hear when they jinxed Darnold? They were talking about how Darnold is uh, probably the greatest quarterback ever, and then this happened. Play caller, uh, somebody who always is putting people in a position to do. Something that's their strength. And Sam showing the world. This is almost, you know, he's had other good games. This is the one that's showing everybody who he is, I think, right now. 35. Zips it. He's picked. He's intercepted by Lewis. And ridden down at the 26. What a play by Lewis. And we were just talking about good Sam play. A bad decision, high throw. Dallas is back. <laughs> Super Bowl. Uh, I, I like. I thought that could be a drop for us in the future. Um, I know. Uh, Dallas is back. You know, after we uh, whip Philly. After we go on a run, shove Doug Peterson's words right back in his mouth. Stupid Philly coach guaranteeing a win. Um, here is all right. So why do I think Nance has nothing? <laughs> well, here's a an example. Here is apparently Romo's mic went out for a second. You can't put this on Nance, but this is hilarious. Well, how does Nance handle it? <laughs> like, remember, we're watching a game. We're listening to you. We don't know what's happening in the booth with you. Be a professional broadcaster. Do the show for the P1s. Am I right? Here's how it sounded if you're just listening to Nance and you don't know what happened. You're also not going to know what's happening on the field. 
what it used to look like when he was playing for the Broncos. That wide receiver screen worked effectively so many times. But back to Gase, talking about his offensive line. He said... that they were disconnected. He says, right now, we just need to figure that out. They've allowed only one sack in this game today. So if Romo's time, if Romo can't talk, I got nothing else. I cannot say anything for those 20 seconds because I really only had that. All right, first and 10. Darnold takes off with flags out. And he's out of bounds at the 30. Tony, you're having quite a day with microphones. <laughs> uh, just an outstanding run. Somebody ought to see a shot of this right now. I tell you, this is yeah. a good time play. I, yeah. Probably coming back with a hold, but okay. that changes when the quarterback runs down the field. All of a sudden, you're all to block. <laughs> see what the call is. Oh, you're back now. There are 2,000 on the play one. You think he's handling this pretty well? No. You think he's a uh, big... No, he's not. Big, uh... I'd like to withdraw. Big shill? I feel like we're about to hear Tom with, okay, well, Derek is here. Penalties uh-huh. offset. will be first down. That was a... I have never called a game that close to my colleague. In is the this past. working Because we were working off a of one... We, I, one I did have to Mike. call yes, from yours. That was a good one. Now you're back in action. Now we know who the gremlin was in the studio today. I did tell Antonio Romo. There's another drop. Antonio Romo. <laughs> Antonio Romo. So, so just to understand what was happening there. It's very there, confusing. So somehow Tony Romo's headset uh, comes undone, which if you've ever been in one of these network booths, that seems impossible given how many engineers and how high level the equipment is that it would be like you or I doing a high school game out in the country by ourselves with uh, really bad equipment. So first of all, that's weird. But then when his headset doesn't work, it appears in a very MacGyver form. He quickly decides the best way to do this is to talk in Jim Nance's microphone. But Jim is wearing his headset. So now I'm assuming they're about two inches apart talking football well, I with, think he with, saw, with their noses kind of touching. Yeah, I think he saw how the last play went. Like how Jim Nance just goes silent for 30 seconds. If I can't jump on and say, that was an outstanding run by the quarterback. Like Jim Nance is totally lost. When Romo couldn't talk. So Romo's like, well, I better jump in and, you know, put my lips right next to his, literally. <laughs> and it all fell apart. Nancy has a bag. Overrated. Uh, now, he was referencing, he's like, oh, you're the gremlin with the microphones. Because apparently Romo was on the CBS pregame show and their microphones went out. So they had to use, like, handheld mics and just pass one around. Really? Yeah. So, like... What's Cowher, going on with CBS? Like, Cower said something, and then he would ask Romo a question and then pass him the microphone, and then Romo would answer on the microphone. So that's why they were referencing that. Uh, but then they also started referencing something else that happened 
in that CBS pregame show. Let's go to JB with an update, New York. Sustained drive success. Yeah, San Francisco 49ers, 10 plays, 75 yards. Tevin Coleman, two yards out, 7-7. This big NFC West matchup. And Tony looked really good in that jacket this afternoon on the studio, dude, Jim. <laughs> Matter of fact, hey, Jim, he thought what we went through here was normal with uh, all the uh, problems. <laughs> well, I heard he, he, he didn't come to the to the dance with, a, with his own jacket. So Coach Cowers alluding to you barred one of his coats, I guess. Huh? I did. I did. I didn't know they wore coats when they did all these things. I just thought it was like, hey, wear your shorts to work day. But they do it professionally. Third and four. Okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay. So they were doing a pregame studio so, show, and he didn't know that you had to dress up. So for his entire life, there have been studio shows. And in every single one of them, they wear a coat and tie. Every single one of them. Also, wasn't he on one last year? Yeah. I swear when he was in New York Absolutely. last year, they had him do this same thing. 100%. And so we're supposed so to believe. So would that be like the stars telling me now you got to dress up on the flight? Yeah. Except, like I know now. I've been there. Except now you know you're going to be televised publicly, so everyone's going to see how what you wear on the flight, even though you've uh, been clearly told, and everybody knows this. It's not a secret at all. And so what I assume is I would just couple this. I would put this on the uh, table of evidence next to... He's going to play in a PGA event and make his NFL game if he doesn't make the cut from a couple weeks ago. This is a guy on an expiring contract that is now pretty much just amusing himself by seeing what he can get away with. <laughs> and so they wanted him in the studio show, and so he said, I'm not wearing my coat. And what are they going to do? Fire me? I'm a free agent to be. Right, ESPN will pay me 10 minutes. So he shows up where everyone's wearing a suit, and he's just got his, even though he's got to wear a suit in two hours. Like, he he almost had to go out of his way to move the coat away from him because the (laughs) coat was on him when he got dressed. It's amazing. And it's perfect, too. He's just like, I don't know, old man, give me one of your coats. Yeah, whatever. Just Coward, uh, who the hell are you? <laughs> it's a, like, he's Robo a, is acting like he doesn't know that you wear a coat in the studio. Hilarious. He's really enjoying being a free agent this year. You can just tell. Respect. He's yeah. he is soaking it in. Like uh he has uh like the oldest and most famous television network in our country fawning over him and letting him do anything he wants in his walk here. It's great. Get all that money. Chase that money. Bad radio discusses Texas versus OU. Alright, so for Texas OU, let me ask you this. Was that the most penalized game in football history? If every player was given an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty before the game. Like, does that actually count? Because they were. And if there was one one player commits one thing, they're ejected, right? Because of the uh, scuffle beforehand. Did you go? I did not go. Okay. Sorry. I know many people around here did go. Um, but certainly you saw this, right? Of course. The pregame stuff. Mm-hmm. So every player was penalized, and I don't know if that's ever happened before. But <laughs> we've had enough of your hijinks and tomfoolery. Me? No, I'm saying the, oh, them. The they players, were, yeah, yeah. They're not going to put up with this throughout the day. No. So in the end, as we uh, watched uh, this thing go down again, it was just really, really remarkable to me. And because, you know, over the course of the game, there were some times where you kind of thought, okay, is this, uh, is this a game? Is, there, are we, 
Is it on again, Dan? Uh, you know, it just it, it felt like every time Oklahoma needed a play, they were able to get that play. But more than anything, and and, and I realize the score uh, remained within range. And if you are the uh, betting type, and if you thought double digits is too much, uh, that once again came through. Although it got a little got a little dicey there in the end, but much like the game up the road or down the road in College Station in the next time window, as I watched both these games, I just thought, this is not what I was promised with my Texas football and my Texas A&M football, and both of them who uh, can't stand each other so much sure seem like they're in kind of the exact same boat, which is here they are on Texas soil playing uh, the heavyweight in their conference, And all you're really thinking about is, can they compete with the point spread? Because they can't deal with just the simple football realities of trying to win the game. And I watched that game, the Texas game in particular, bummed me out uh, just because I'm looking for great drama and I'm looking for a uh, heavyweight battle where both both, uh, stand in the center of the ring and just waylay each other. And I see one team that can get eight yards of carry and nine sacks. And the opponent, who I'm led to believe has the same level of talent on recruiting day, on signing day, they got zero sacks and not even three yards of carry. So I hate to say it's just a simple, you know, as far as football is advanced with uh, these fancy offenses, Dan, and these uh, high-level defenses that do things the new way, still kind of comes down to uh, the lines. Are we going to get bullied all day, or are we going to uh, send the message? And it's not just, you know, funny establish-the-run jokes. It's really a matter of can your guys deal with their guys in the trenches? Because if they can't, if you're going to get sacked nine times and you're going to run the ball for two yards a carry, and your opponent is going for a first down every time they hand the ball off, and they're ragdolling your quarterback all day. It's a mismatch. It it's not even close. It didn't feel like it was that close of a game. No. I thought, I thought it was very lucky to have it, covered that spread. It followed the script of pretty much most of the games for the two decades we've been following this. Yes, Texas has had their day. In fact, they've had probably a a, a share of uh, upsets that have uh, made this series not look as lopsided as it has been in the last 20 years, but it often follows this exact template that regardless of what you hear when it's recruiting or hype or whatever, Oklahoma just has a definably better football program still, and I'm not sure the gap is any smaller. I, You know? No, it doesn't seem so yet. It feels like when A&M plays Alabama, and you're just like, man, this is a different grade of player. This is what NFL talent looks like versus a normal, you know, it's just like, man, can we beat the spread? Because that would really mean a lot to, how how does that mean anything? It only meant something to us. You're freaking Texas. You're Texas A&M. These are the number one games on your schedule. And in both cases, regardless of the resources spent on coaching staff, facilities, blah, blah, hype, it's still exactly where it has been. Yeah, Texas would have had a shot at the playoffs had they won that game. They would have had to beat OU again, eventually. 
They they looked way more formidable against LSU. And that was at home. This the, do you call this a home game? Kind of. Uh, just you in know, the sense that it's a neutral site, but you got a lot of fans. Yeah, it's it's neutral, but I I you know you, we can. But say, you've been yelling like this for a, how long? Just because and Texas I, fans have too. Just because I feel like it's inevitable. I feel like you know you hear the sleeping giant thing. You you look at the resources. You look at the endless the the endless reasons why Texas should be a heavyweight, and they're on the periphery. You know. Nothing wrong with... But how long have you said that? I, I Since we moved to town. Uh, C.D. Lamb is incredible. What they a, broke, broke through a little bit. Go what ahead. a stud. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I... I don't know. I, 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 I think I'm going to need to see more on Jalen Hurts. I think he's very, very nice, but we're comparing him to... Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, and I, I, I do feel like um, he has he has some decisions in him that I don't quite feel as confident about at this level. I, I, I don't know what to say about uh, Sundays or anything like that, but I just I think you do see some of the things that he did at Alabama that were lacking a little bit. But Lincoln is such a genius with deploying his players in a in a common sense sort of way that it, it covers up a lot of it. But just from a Texas standpoint, you're just like, man, we're still here. We're still in this exact same spot. You so. don't feel like they've definitely come out of the end of Mac and Charlie Charlie Strong? Oh, okay. Now, if that's the new standard. That's I mean, not the new I mean, standard, it, but it, Dan it, said that they broke through a little bit since you guys have been here, and they were like a top five program for a decade. Texas was. Yeah. And, and that they, whole time they would play not, Oklahoma, and, and it was still – uh, you know, there were a couple years. I mean, like I said, it, yeah, we're I talking mean, about twenty-two they years. They had their number during that run too. But, but I, I generally felt like Stoops had Mac Brown right where he wanted him, and I, I feel like yes, while there have been peaks and valleys along the way, um, I guess Tom Herman has elevated it from Charlie Strong and from the end of Mac, but it just it it still feels like they're an inferior program that is a clear number two in the Big 12. and There's no doubt about that. That's but. that's not satisfying. If you only are trying to chase one team for 22 years, I'd like to think the margin is smaller. And while there are shifts in the weather that make it, you think it's changing from year to year, it, it's it's kind of uh, running, running in place a little bit. So, I don't know. Are, are, do you feel different? Do you feel like you're gaining on them? Do you feel like you're catching mm, them? Do you? I would say maybe gaining, but I mean... There's no doubt that when you have Lincoln Riley at the helm, and now what's the name of the, the OU's defensive coordinator they hired? Uh, Grinch. Grinch. That dude knows what he's doing. Because yeah. the difference between the last couple of years of Oklahoma and now where they're just like competent top 30 or 40 defense. But I also would disagree that they're as far apart as Alabama and A&M, but that's, I realize I'm going to be called a homer if I say that. So, I mean, no, 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 no. I think, really I think the gap between Alabama, on I, I think just the proximity of those two games that felt like uh, real report cards on the program right. against the heavyweights in their conferences. And, and I felt much the same way watching those two teams play. They, they, and Aggie was at home too. And that meant nothing. No, right. you know, finally the crow line. Start of message. Hi, Bob, Dan, Jake. Just making this call here before the game because I might go crazy during the game. I'm calling before the game to tell the Cowboys to go easy on my New York Jets. 
We have no God quarterback in the last 50 years. I tried to get in contact with Joe Namath because he sure could throw a ball. I know he can't walk for shit. And, uh, but if you put him in a f***ing wheelchair, we could uh, have a lineman push him back so he has enough room so he can complete a couple of touchdowns. This team sucks. This team sucks. First quarter, Jets have already scored 7 nothing. This team f***ing sucks. This team sucks. The Jets hadn't scored in the first half. All season, and they drive right down the field on the defense. This team sucks. Sam Darnold definitely cries after sex. No f***ing pass rush was so f***ing ever. It's time for the Dallas Cowboys to use their X Factor. It's time to put Jake's dad, the chap, in for the sorry-ass Demarcus Lawrence. Well, the defense looks like sh- Maybe they wouldn't uh, look so bad if we had a real defensive coordinator instead of a glorified f***ing mascot. But you know what sucks worse than the Jets? Demarcus Lawrence. Why did they resign that idiot? And what does Rod Marinelli actually do other than look like a complete fool on the sidelines? What does he do? Oh, a field goal. Cute. Oh, hell. I thought I was calling the Corona line. Not the crow line. My apologies. I must have the wrong number. I was trying to reach uh, Tony Romo on the Corona uh, hotline. Thanks. Hey, Dan. A drop third down pass is when the quarterback, he has the ball and it's third down and he throws it to the receiver. And it, the receiver, either it either drops it or it just it's a bad pass or whatever. That's, that's a drop third down catch. Oh, please, don't let Dak be hurt. Oh, please. Dak just got a concussion. I think he's dead. So now our season's over, and now I don't ever want to watch football again. Jake, hold me, tell me it's okay. Thank you, bye. Holding on Jets number 69. Nice. Ah. Holding on number 69, night. So it's the second quarter, and Cowboys have 69 yards of total offense. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. See what you did there, Cowboys. Is it me or are the Dallas receivers so used to catching the ball outside of their frame that when it actually hits their numbers, it's a freaking tip drill for the defense? I gotta say, this Cowboys offensive line, the best in the game, is a lot like Jake sitting in the power chair. It's weak. The Cowboys are a walking dumpster fire. Thanks a lot, Jake. What the f, Joe? How the f you can't beat the Jets? It's the Jets! 92! What the f? Dan, remember last week when you said uh, no one's gonna be pissed at Bob anymore? I'm still fing pissed. F*** you, Bob. But I swear to God, if one person says, well, we're good to see effort, or wow, they really showed their fight there, like, F*** that. How do you get down 14-3 to to the god jet? I'm going to F*** Sam Darnold. All we need is Peter Jennings, a bunch of base jumpers, and a big cloud of dust, and this is just like 9-11. 
The only positive thing about this game is that Lyle is hurt, so they're not constantly referring to him, and I'm not constantly thinking about his butthole. My favorite new quarterback, Mono Boy. Love it. F*** you, Garrett, and f*** you, Kellen Moore, and f*** you, Jake. I literally thought Dak Prescott was going to win MVP like three weeks ago. I was an idiot. The Jets. The f***ing Jets. Hey, so uh, what's more painless? A bottle of sleeping pills or just a good old-fashioned 12-gauge? Jerry Jones has gone from the NFL executive of the year to the NFL executive who I hope dies this year. Did you like those three first-half touchdowns? I hope you did. I hope you did very much. Next man up. I'm convinced Jason Garrett would f***ing run the same type of offense even if he had a bunch of blind kids out there with walking sticks. I thought it was illegal to play Green Bay two times in a row. Oh, sh- this is the Jets. Oh, Jim, I just love seeing Dak struggle. F*** you, Romo. Garrett. Hey, Jerry. Happy f***ing birthday to you. Ten days. There are precisely 10 days until I can turn this BS Cowboys off and just watch Luka Magic for the rest of the year. We're playing the freaking Jets right now. Are you freaking kidding me? Fire Garrett, fire Garrett, fire Garrett, fire Garrett. I know things are looking bad, but Maher just took the momentum back. F*** you, Jake. Hmm. Pretty good little kick. It's a real sh- day when Brett Maher is your best player. Well, on the bright side, we have a kicker that can impress his co-workers at the company picnic. Hey, Garrett, I just told I just told my mom to shut the f- up because of you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Zeke Elliott is the most overrated player in the league, and it looks like he has a bunch of pubes coming out of his helmet ear holes. LP Laduser. How long has he been on this team and hasn't made a single play ever? What what, 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 what the f*** are we doing? Well, Maher can hit him from 60 out. That means you need to pay him early. Lock him up, Jerry. You do it for everybody else before they do anything for you. Go Cowboys. Until somebody puts that sweet, sweet pillow over Jerry Jones' head for that sweet, sweet 15, 20 minutes. It's going to continue to be a f***ing joke, just like Jake. I'm just kidding, Jake. I love you. Bye. I think I'm with computer. I may just commit seppuku. Kellen Moore, use the cocktail stick. Kellen Moore reminds me of Venus Flytrap. He doesn't know when to f***ing close his mouth. Really? You trying to get lunch or something? Kellen Moore looks like he should be in one of those claymation Christmas movies. Is it too late for Garrett's mom to have an abortion? Well, hello, Coach Garrett. Well, your offense can't score. Your defense can't defend, generate turnovers, or pressure the quarterback. So what would you say you do here? Look, I already told you I deal with a damn owner, so the players and everyone else doesn't have to. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. What the hell is wrong with you people? Yeah, my hurt kicks. 62 of your for goals at the half. And he doesn't get all angry that Garrett's not coming back. He makes those effing kicks that no one does. 
He eats Mexican food from Desperados just because. Yeah, just because. If Jason f***ing Garrett is still the head coach of this thing by tomorrow morning, I am forcing my eight-year-old daughter to go to Joker with me. What do you think of that, Bob? Hey, f*** you, Jake. I think this week, in honor of Joker being released, I've decided to embrace existential dread, just laugh whenever bad things happen, and probably slip further and further into mental illness. So, that'll be fun. Well, so far, this cowboy season's a lot like getting walked in on by your parents while masking. Started off good, but lacked a strong finish. Jim Nance just straddling that desk like... Like he took a blue pill instead of his heart pills like he's supposed to? Oh, man. Do not make eye contact with it, Tony. All right, guys. Coming back out of the commercial in five. Uh, it's going to be a spider cam shot of Tony and Jim. Jim, if we can get you to hike your leg up past 90 degrees and look uh, super casual, that'd be great, buddy. Yeah. Can someone look into getting the Fort Worth PD to do a welfare check on Jason Garrett's house, please? Chappie is a f***ing wizard. Too bad he couldn't see what Jake was going to turn into. Then he could have pulled out. End of message. Well, P1s, that's all for the podcast this week. Have a fun weekend. And like that, we're ghosts. Oh, boy. You got a new babysitter here. Miss Margaret. Will you make me a yum-yum sandwich? Greg, I don't know what a yum-yum sandwich is. Oh, well, it's easy. You take two pieces of bread, put a little mayo, a little mustard on it, and then uh, put a lowland gorilla between the pieces. A what? A lowland gorilla. There's no gorillas in your refrigerator. But I'm hungry! <laughs> Look in the fridge here, Greg. We have an apple. Would you like an apple? No, I don't eat fruit. doesn't have enough meat in it. Well, which... Would you like some turkey? There's some low-fat turkey breast in here. Uh-uh. No, brother. If it says low-fat, I'm out. <laughs> well, here's some ice cream. Will that suffice? Would you oh, like some oh, ice cream? Oh, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, take two pieces of bread and put a gallon of ice cream between them. Yummy, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with you. Miss Margaret. Yes, Greg. Miss Margaret. What? I love you, Miss Margaret. <laughs> please get away from my leg. I love it. Let me help you later. No, don't. Let me just... Greg, please. Please just... stop oh, it. Greg, no. Don't you dare push me. I hate you, Miss Margaret. You're more prudent than my mommy. Greg, I hate you. Greg, let's calm it down right now. <laughs> What activities do you have planned? Do you have anything you'd like to do tonight? I mean, we could play some board games, maybe? Boring! How about I read you a book? Boring! We have Harold and his purple crayon here. Boring! How about Puff the Magic Dragon? We have that record. Would you like to hear that? Good God, how old do you think I am? Six? I'm eight years old. I'm about to grab a barely legal and head into the bathroom. Not under my watch, mister. Not under my watch. Miss Margaret, I'm sorry. I have a question for you, Miss Margaret. <laughs> what is it, Greg? <laughs> Can I smell your backside? What? What did you say to me? I, I, I said, Can, do you, can I have a popsicle? Oh. I guess so. I'm stab you now. What? Stab you now, hard. Speak up, Greg. Nothing. Nothing. Um. So, like, what, what do you do in college for fun? Well, I'm glad you asked me that, Greg. I'm active on the student editorial staff. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> 
Just last week, I gave a speech on Nixon's bombing policy to all the students. Did you do that before or after you let it out your roomie? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know what I mean. I, I've seen you looking at me all night. What? I just got here five minutes ago. Yeah, you've been looking at me, haven't you? I'm not looking at you. Yeah, you were eight times. years old. I am 22. Yeah, look at it this way. Eight times three is 22. Doing three years. <laughs> 22, brother. <laughs> yeah! Your, your math is deplorable. Right, it's because I'm starving, Miss Margaret. Please, will you fix me something to eat? Check and see if we got a lowland gorilla in there. There's no lowland gorillas, Greg. Anything. There... Put a, will you put the TV on a cracker for me? No. Greg. I'll eat anything. Greg, listen. There's some ground beef here in the fridge. I'll make you a sandwich. Manwich, I don't think that'll fill me up. How, how big is a guy? Is he, I mean, if he's like a 300 pounder, that'd be a snack or something. It's not a man. You know what? Just just forget about it. Listen, you're a mess as it is. Why? Me, Dad, look fine here. You have crackers all up and down your little sailor outfit. Let me get that. Let oh. me clean it off. Let me brush. No, let me brush. No, I got it. I got it. You don't do it. You're no, an idiot. Don't touch me there. Don't touch me. Oh my gosh. Wow.